What's up, Jam Fam? It's Maddie. And Jess. Welcome to our first Jam Pack Chat of Season 2. Woo-woo! We are joined today by violinist and multifaceted artist David Gillum. He's such a talented and knowledgeable person in his trade, and he included some fun surprises along the way. everybody welcome to the very first jam-packed chat of season two we are so excited to be here in the studio with mr david gillum tell us a little bit about yourself who you are <laughs> um i'm david um i am a i guess aspiring artist you could say i, I do music production i do a lot of film i do a lot of um, anything within the studio of um, whether it be vocalists whether it be guitars whether it be violin which is my main interest instrument mm-hmm. of what i do that's kind of what I'm uh, doing now. And I have an internship at Shock City Studio, which is directly uh, connected to Capitol Records in okay. California. That so. is a lot. Very exciting. Oh, yeah. I remember like first meeting you here on campus and like at any of like the talent show or open mic mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. you were up there with your violin and it was just so talented. If you guys haven't seen it, you know, if you're around Lobap. I just never thought of violins <laughs> like how you do it because I'm always like, oh, they're just like, classical instruments classical, like mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. background which is like not great as a musician myself i should like know better than that <laughs> but you came out and you had like these lights and i was like what yeah. is happening it, it was, was very cool fun. i liked it yeah anyway so going into that when did you become a violinist how did that progress for you well becoming a violinist is kind of a loaded question i think i start i picked up the violin when i was three and ironically it was because my sister for some reason my my mom's a piano teacher so we thought that marie was going to learn how to play the piano my sister i either saw a violin somewhere or said something she said i want to do that and my mom was <laughs> like okay and then i was born after her of course so she was doing the violin and i was like i'm going to do it better than her and uh <laughs> you said <laughs> sibling thing to do. here we are <laughs> and 15 years later i finally did it i <laughs> professional and she still plays she's she goes more into dance and stuff mm-hmm. like that which helps her a lot with having a musical background of uh, playing yeah. a classical instrument and doing mm-hmm. ballet and all that which has really helped her out a lot but mm-hmm. um i just kept playing the violin and violinist i would say i truly became at about 10 11 years old when i started playing more on stage with my family if you don't know my family background, I'm, I don't know if you guys remember that or not. Uh, my Both my parents were magicians, and at about six years old, we went to Montana, and I was basically taught how to be on stage, your stage presence, how you present, how you uh, act when you're on stage, which is all a whole ordeal, especially when you're six years old. You just kind of learn it. Right. <laughs> For the rest of your life which yeah. you were saying is a very strange point of view of how violin is presented i mean i kind of done i've been doing that since i was about 13 14 for sure mm-hmm. for my family's magic so show so that's pretty cool that's so cool i did not know that oh yeah. we can you're for free feel free to talk about whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> i cannot spoil any secrets but i can tell you what <laughs> i have done with magic so that's cool so you kind of talked about it about like wanting to you know up show your or show up sorry <laughs> your sister and you know sibling rivalry like that but what inspired you or inspires you to continue becoming a better musician to become a better musician i think is always just of course my sister got me into it but 
um, from an early age, I started hearing fiddle songs like Rocky Top. And then, of course, I got hooked on Charlie Daniels and definitely went down to Georgia for <laughs> a little while while I was in fifth grade. And that was a big, like, I want to do that. And then by sixth grade, I had it learned. So then I got really into Lindsey Sterling. And now mm -hmm. as I've grown more and more in this, like, artistry in this category, it's really interesting to see different people and their takes on stuff. And then look at my own craft of what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, what can I learn from them? And things like that. I think the number one would be Lindsay Sterling because she's just a genius. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of things. She's I've amazing. seen Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> she used to be on my reels all the time, and I was like, "This is just unreal." Yeah, <laughs> and I can definitely see how like her presence on the stage. Definitely, I can see some of those like mm -hmm. just very bold Influence. things. Yeah, yeah. It's she. She definitely. I'm just like. Hmm. Her playing style, her composition, everything that mm. she does is super interesting. And it makes the violin is a hard instrument to enjoy by itself when you're in front of a crowd of like lay people, not right. musicians. Right. Uh, musicians can appreciate it for technicality, for tonality. If they're mm. at a concert, they're going to enjoy it then. But how do you appeal to like um, the lay audience? Right. Like, they've mm. never seen it before. How do you make yeah. it not only sound nice, but visually interesting as mm -hmm. well? That's a very unique challenge, I feel like, with the violin. Mm -hmm. I feel like you have done a lot to create both aspects of that for all mm -hmm. people. Well, yeah, and it's not like the violin isn't, I guess, it's a sing-vocal-esque type of instrument because mm -hmm. it's obvious when a violin is in a piece. Right. Uh, sometimes you can hide it away on certain things that you just want a very light strings. And you can have kind of a string in the background. But if you want a violin by itself, it has to be up front and center. That's right. Because the presence of it demands it to be on a track that way. If you're just wanting, of course, right. as a studio production, everything is relative because it depends on what you're trying to do. But mm -hmm. it, you can't also like articulate sounds and relate to people with words, which is mostly how we communicate through mm -hmm. music is through lyrics and through songs. There's, I don't think Lindsay Sterling has ever won a Grammy and that's mostly because she's held back by the fact that she doesn't have lyrics in her songs. Right. That's why mm -hmm. she has to have other people come in and sing yeah. her tracks as well. Yeah. Kind of going off of that, do you write your own songs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tell us a little about that. How'd that start? <laughs> um, that started ironically in COVID. Uh, my first thing I'd ever written, quote unquote, is uh, I wrote a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love, put that on YouTube, and then I put a layered a bunch of different violin parts on top of that. I'm like, I really enjoy this. This is fun. Mm -hmm. And then I kept making more and more things. Um, now that I've gotten in college and, you know, being a being a worship arts tech major that I am mm -hmm. getting into the studio and doing projects with cameras and all that demands a lot of time. So I haven't had as much time as I would want to dedicate right. only to my craft of what I want to do. Um, being an athlete as well for most of my time here at MOPAP. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see about next year. We're not 100% <laughs> sure about it yet. I can't say stay it yet. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> if I continue with my athletic career. But it would be nice uh, to focus a little bit more on that going into my senior year and starting to build something, especially getting into Shock City because right. the music industry is very small. Mm -hmm. It's raining outside. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Wow. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you don't hear it on the track, but if uh, you do hear a little pitter-patter, it's the rain outside. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, getting into like getting into the studio and getting your foot in the door at places like Shock mm -hmm. City is huge right. because everyone knows everyone. Wayne Hahn was a guy who came to Mobap mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, like 
three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He is a four-time, five-time Grammy-nominated like producer. Wow. He's worked with who was it? Uh, Celine Dion. He worked with mm-hmm. Celine Dion and produced mm-hmm. one of her albums. It was pretty pretty incredible to talk to him just listening. Yeah. Um, one of the funny stories he told us of always take opportunities was he was offered, I think, the first tickets ever sold to Hamilton. And wow. he said no. Oh, my. <laughs> he said no. I would hate that. <laughs> he said no because he was like, oh, this doesn't sound like my thing. They're making a rap, but it's a musical, and it just sounds strange. Right. You know, that was before Lynn Miranda was. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But he was super disappointed that he didn't say yes in that opportunity, which was one of the things that he talked to us about, of like, never be afraid to branch out and try different things, especially when it comes to that industry, mm-hmm. if maybe it's the next big thing. You don't know where music yeah. is going. This yeah, is true. So, um, as you write the songs, you talked about how you layered some tracks on it and stuff, but just like recording your music in general, like what does that look like? So my recording process is a little strange, I guess. Uh, I'm how I, I guess recorded my first original song, which is called Masked, which I redid with Jenny Rice, which I put on YouTube. I don't know if y'all have seen that or not, but it's fun. Um, the way that we did that is Jenny took my song, we did it, and we re-recorded it here in the studio, and uh, we put her vocals on top of that, and it was kind of just from the ground up. We put some piano in, then we put the drums in, then we put uh, my violin in, then we put her vocals in, and then we added fun stuff on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of your basic, like, very generic songwriting mm-hmm. process when it comes mm-hmm. to the studio. You have a chord progression, you have a scratch vocal track, then you have some drums, then you have some bass, and then that could be all used in a demo, which then you would send to either producer or an artist and be like, hey, I have a song for you. And they'd be like, all right, I'll take money for that song, and then I'll mm-hmm. go record it, and it's going to be my song that I'll put on my next album. And then they'll go it, they'll redo the whole process. They might take like your original piano like chord progression and put it into the end song, but sometimes they'll call in a better pianist, sometimes right. they'll mm-hmm. replace it all. It kind of just depends on what the artist and what the producer want when it comes to like mm-hmm. finishing the final product of the song. That's kind of your normal like pop country type style. The second style that I usually do is hip hop, which is you find either tracks or beats that you create yourself. And then on top of that, you just go into the studio and you just go on, you hit record button and you just go. And then you take as many takes as you want. And then you, what we do is comp comping out different types of tracks of like, I like this section, I like this section and replacing them in until mm-hmm. you finally have a final product. And then you start layering fun stuff on top nope. of that. Okay. So there's kind of two styles that I usually go to, but mm-hmm. I enjoy the hip hop one more because I like, yeah. I like writing my own things and then adding on top of mm-hmm. it. Cause that's just how my brain works. Yeah. yeah. So. I can definitely see how that would flow together well for you. So you t- mentioned your music video that you have on YouTube what was the experience with that? Was it still more of the same with recording or were there different aspects of it? <laughs> I know you said, oh my uh, gosh, there's so much to get into. <laughs> uh, well, first off, whenever you're doing a music video, I respect anyone who does a music video because it is such a long process. It takes. He says week. as he grows. We recorded, for not, we recorded for 12 hours nonstop in the chapel. Wow. Only two hours break to eat and regroup on two things. <laughs> Other than that, it was just constant takes. We were, Jenny and I were exhausted by the end of the day. And yeah. We still needed more footage. 
but uh, um a lot of that was it was planning it was more planning it was talking mm-hmm. to the team giving them ideas uh shout out to all the guys that helped me out with that they were great of staying there staying with it and running yeah. the cameras no matter what <laughs> i couldn't do it you said the craziness <laughs> the craziness is true um my first music video i did was essentially there's an old abandoned prison in jeff city that is far outside of town. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I wish we had a big. video right now to have the reaction of our faces when you say things. Because our whole faces are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. There's an old abandoned prison down one, uh, 179. Okay. If you keep going down that way, you run into a Runge Nature Center, and then there's a abandoned state prison that was moved to a different place because we had the penitentiary and then the penitentiary was shut down. Oh so now gosh. we have no prisons. In jail. Now we have no prisons. <laughs> now we have no prisons. Uh, essentially, I ran into a state trooper because that's where they go at their firing range is out behind the state prison. And I ran into one out there and I was like, you mind if I shoot a music video here? And they're like, you gonna break something? I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. Wow. <laughs> so wow. I, I took my little $200 GoPro camera, set it on a stand, and I hit record in different places, and I just mm-hmm. went for like four or five hours that day. Wow. wow. That's so, really cool. Yeah, that was my first one that uh, I did. That is so cool. What was, um, well, like, what was that song? That one was called Listen to Me Now, and that was through more of a hip-hop style, like, okay. type thing that gotcha. I was just trying out. Mm-hmm. This music video I liked much more and enjoyed more. Also <laughs> took a lot more time of editing <laughs> and planning and stuff, mm-hmm, but... Yeah. Um, Listen to me now was a lot of fun, and it was my first little dip into like, mm-hmm. what is music videos right. like? There's so much work. So. I see. Okay, yeah. <laughs> main takeaway we got. <laughs> so as we're talking about all of these different things, how do you think that they apply to you as a Christian? What does that look like for you? So the one of the main things of like being a Christian and doing the music that I have, it's really hard to incorporate any type of uh, worship or gospel message in my songs naturally because I'm not using words, uh, mm. but I am working on another album that I'm going to use some different things to like kind of slash talk throughout the entire like album, but we'll get mm-hmm. into that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, other than going and serving like at your local church or um, that's no- normally what I do is I, I go work down at South County Baptist playing bass, uh, trying to help them run sound if they need to, mm-hmm. creating videos for them course playing violin when it wanted to right uh that has definitely ground ground me in a lot of like my musical foundations of right. who i want to work with and things like that like i would for example if eminem were to call me uh, the next day <laughs> and be like if you're listening I know, please I know, call I him <laughs> we will dm you now. his number <laughs> eminem is definitely gonna call me well i I set down some parameters like I don't I want to reflect my Christian values of what it is. I want to not only just do music because for the enjoyment of it, Mm -hmm. but I also want to align with all my beliefs. So I don't Mm -hmm. want like any vocal language in it, like any sort of reference to violence or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why it'd be really cool if I could work with an F because he's pretty Christian based as well. If you are listening, please DM us and we can send you his number. (laughs) No, but like, I think that that's a very key part about music because quickly that can get away from uh, artists that if that go really big, really, really fast, Mm -hmm. not that I've done that, but uh, artists that are out there that don't have that ground in like a Christian belief or like not trying to, I guess compromise their values of what they believe mm-hmm. 
is really important. So yeah. I think that's just kind of like the most important to me when it comes to my music specifically. Okay. All right. So you kind of touched a little bit about some possible future plans. Mm. What does, tell us about that. If you want to, you know, anything with that, what is your goal? Go ahead. <laughs> we said you have the floor. <laughs> so I guess for future plans. Um, I want to grow my YouTube channel a lot. It's been getting, I'm at like 875 subs right now, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to grow that, maybe just do a reaction series along with releasing like music Mm -hmm. videos, trying to do like a video a week is kind of like my goal moving forward with YouTube. TikTok is kind of where I am right now. Mainly I have like 1800 followers on there, something like that, close to 1900. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have quote unquote beef on TikTok. That's oh, that's a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we can talk about that in a second. But I guess future projects coming up would be an album called uh, um, "Enjoy the Journey," which is encapsulate kind of my my journey as coming up up from a senior year to where I am now in my college experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, has to deal a lot with loss and life just coming in. So mm-hmm. I think that for the most part is all I can say on that, but it's okay. not going to be like any normal violin album. It's not going to be like a Lindsay Sterling album because mm-hmm. it is going to tell a story throughout it using right. sound bits, using different, different creative type things that aren't necessarily lyrics to the song, okay. but they're not also necessarily just straight instrument tracks. Right. So. Okay. That's interesting. That is exciting. Yeah. A lot of things to look forward to in that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We have, um, yes, we've just been, I've honestly learned so much and I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this has I been very it. interesting. Any last words? Um, Not really. I, thank you guys for having me on here. Yeah, of course. It was uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you, what your ads are, so that they can go on your YouTube and TikTok and everything cool. if they want to. Um, I've updated everything that I have to actually, it's at that violin guy. Um. There's another at that violin guy named Matt Shredder. That's not me. Don't follow <laughs> Matt. Don't follow Shredder. that guy. That's the, that's the quote unquote guy I've got yeah. beef with. Anyway. I see. So, okay. <laughs> uh, all my ads on Instagram are at underscore that violin at under at that underscore violin underscore guy. For the most part, that's where all my ads are. On YouTube, just the easiest way to get like to my channel specifically is that violin guy masked. Okay. And it'll take you directly to my music video instantly. So. All right. Very exciting. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. And uh, we'll see you around. Thank you so much for joining us today on this jam-packed chat. We so enjoyed learning more about David's career and some surprising aspects of that. We hope you've enjoyed it as well. And you can keep up with us on Instagram at jam underscore the podcast. Until next time.